You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you and the message coming right up is crafted by heaven not just to challenge you but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel. Apostle Goodheart, Obi Ekweme. If you will please, while standing, let's turn together very quickly to two quick portions of scripture. Acts chapter number 1 and 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. We're here last Wednesday. I'll continue part 2 of our discourse. Becoming a living witness for Jesus. Living witness. He died that we may live for him. He died that we may live for him. Acts 1 8. 1 2 3 go. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 19. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Becoming a living witness for Jesus, part number two. Our Father, we thank you for the honor to gather again under this amazing open heavens. I beseech you to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Among the lips and the tongues of clear of this seven son of yours, that tonight I will come to your people with a thus said the Lord. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplation, and memory and speak expressly of every counsel. Move every man, every woman, every boy, every girl under the sound of the voice of this preacher in this room, but across the network, across the nations, on the multimedia, from where we are to where you reserved and preserved for us in the place called destiny. We we'll ask always to give you alone the praise, the glory, the honor. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big, big amen. You may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Whilst you are seated, ask your neighbor, are you a living witness for Jesus? Hallelujah. Just before I teach tonight, I want, to, uh, I want to ask in this room tonight, because we want to be as practical as possible. How many people in the course of this month have been heard the several teachings regarding soul and witnessing? Have actually, as a matter of stepping out to obey the word of the Lord, have witnessed to somebody and led somebody to Christ in the past less than two weeks? Alright. Praise the Lord. Beloved, we must be intentional and deliberate. Um, it doesn't just happen as you lie on your bed. No. In the normal course of daily activities, we meet people. 
and we must be delivered to meet people who can share the love of Christ with. Uh, this really, really is a father's heartbeat that all men will save. The Bible declares in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, for those who were here last Wednesday, I'll have a recap and try to push a bit further. A um, few more points from there. But 2 Peter 3 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering, which means patient to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Beloved, it goes without much emphasis to say that the Father desires and intends for all men to be saved. He has paid the full price for the salvation of everybody very possible on the earth. But however, there is a need for people to hear the good news, a need for them to believe the good news and respond to the good news by accepting Jesus Christ into their heart and their lives. What the Bible makes us to understand about the Great Commission is a very, very uh, a, a great mandate given us by Jesus. We've read several words again in Mark 16 verse 15. And he, being Jesus, said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, condition one, there must be a belief. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So all can be saved because one died for all. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for the entirety of the world, not for the church. That whosoever believeth, whosoever believeth in him will be saved and will have eternal life. Now, you can believe somebody you've not heard about. Whosoever believeth will be saved. But they can believe until they hear the gospel. And the gospel cannot be preached until the preacher be set. Praise the Lord somebody. So the key for people to believe at all is for them to hear the gospel. And the gospel has been designed by believers to proclaim. Angels will see in last Wednesday, don't preach the gospel. If they did, uh, then our role here will not be quite uh, uh, necessary anymore. So angels can't and don't proclaim the gospel. It's for the place of believers to proclaim the glorious gospel. It says... And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Verse 20 says, And they went forth, this is the disciples now, and preached everywhere in obedience to the instruction of Christ. But guess what? As they went everywhere proclaiming the gospel, the Bible says, The Lord working with them, working with them, working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. So the Lord is at hand to work with us as we step out. So we say, the power is in the going. So as long as you are in one place, you're equipped with kinetic energy, but that power is not released until somebody steps out from your comfort zone to go out. Many a time the church is waiting for people to come to church, but God said to the church, we are to go. We are to go. Praise the Lord somebody. Beloved, 
it's one thing to have heard several teachings on particular subjects on healing on well-being on marital bliss on how to be a witness how to be an evangelist but really 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 you will not achieve any of those things until you do it right because it is not the hearers that are blessed it's the doers of the word that are blessed and you can do it you have what it takes to do it praise the lord it's not that complex it's not that difficult it's not that you know uh, uh, you don't have to know greek or hebrew to pro proclaim the gospel in a moment or two i'll show you what the gospel is and how to proclaim the gospel praise the lord we saw last wednesday that a believer is designed by god to be fruitful john 15 speaks about that 15 verse 1 to 8 it says he is the true vine and we are the branch praise the lord he is the true vine and we are the branch. The same life flowing through the vine flows through the branch. Hallelujah. He said in verse 5 that without me you can do nothing. Hallelujah. And says as long as we are joined to the vine that we are to be fruitful. Right. The question is what is the fruit of a believer? And I said to you there are two paramount fruits of the believer. Number one is found in Galatians 5.22 the fruit of the spirit. There are nine of them. The fruit of love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, patience, uh, faith, nine of them. Praise God. But also there is the fruit of a believer leading another person to the Lord. So you are fruitful when you are bearing the fruit of the Spirit as a sign of maturity and growth and healthy living. But you're also fruitful as a believer when you are witnessing and leading others to Christ. So you're not really healthy as a believer if you're not witnessing and leading others to Christ. You're not really fruitful if you're not bearing the fruit of the Spirit. What it simply means is that your, your life, you're born again, but, but you won't really enjoy the bliss and the joy that you ought to enjoy as a believer, except you are growing and maturing and bearing forth fruit. And these are two aspects of fruit for a believer to bear. Very, very important. Beloved, uh, the, the very least anybody can do in terms of your witnessing plan is to very, at very least invite somebody to church. Invite somebody to church. If, if, if you're not confident as to know what to say, how to say, the very least, the very basic thing you should do is on a day-to-day -day basis, weekly basis, you're going all out to invite people to church. Why? You are testifying that where you are coming from, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. You've been blessed. And your greatest way of witnessing outside the gospel itself is come and see. I have tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. You also come and see. We saw again what it means to be a witness is to be a first-hand partaker of something or of someone. You can't witness about something you don't know about. You can't witness about someone you don't know about. You must have had divine encounters with somebody or something that gives you facts that puts you in a place where you can witness in the court of law. So the key to becoming an effective witness is to constantly desire more encounters with Jesus. The more you know him, the more it is easier to make him known in your world. One of our missions here is to know him and to make him known in our world. So the more I encounter him, the more he reveals himself to me in particular areas, the more I'm able to reveal him to others. Praise the Lord, somebody. So very important. So we see here in 1 John 1 verse 1, Apostle John begins to testify of how they had been in touch with the word of the Lord. John, 1 John 1 verse 1. 1 John 1 verse 1. That which was from the beginning...
which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of what? Of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. It was said concerning the disciples that, that these men were unlearned men. They were uneducated in Acts 4 verse 13. But they knew by the virtue of the, the power that was coming out of the life of these uh, uh, servants of the Lord that they had been with Jesus. So their credential was that they had been with Jesus. They had no degree, no pedigree. They were not educated. But, 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 but by what they were exuding in their lives, power, uh, miracles, healing, signs, name it all. It was indicated to all who saw that they had been with Jesus. So the key is this, when you are with Jesus, Jesus rubs off on you. Praise God. Praise God. When you spend adequate time with him in his presence, in worship, in fellowship, in intimacy, he rubs off on you. So when you leave, quote unquote, his manifest presence, you take a part of him to your world to reveal him to your world. So we saw the pattern of witnessing was this. Jesus called people to himself. Step one. He called people to himself. He called the disciples to be with him. Right, right. Spend time to sp spend time with them. Teaching, fellowshipping, explaining all of that. Then he released them to go into the world to proclaim the gospel. Listen, you can't proclaim what you don't know. You can't proclaim whom you've not encountered. So as you give yourself to many more encounters with Jesus, you are properly positioning yourself to be a witness of the person you know. So the more intimate you are with him, the more it is you're able to be a witness of him to your world. Somebody shout a big amen. Beloved, the greatest gift we have received from God is not house, car, shoes, uh, wonderful parents, wonderful children, name it all. The greatest gift in this life is the gift of salvation. It, it is the greatest miracle. Whilst we, we are very fascinated with things like blind eyes opening, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the lame walk, wonderful. But the truth be told is that there is no greater miracle as a dead spirit coming back to life. Right. And God has given us the amazing opportunity to be a part of that greatest miracle. To be a witness. To share the simplicity of the gospel, the simplicity of the love of God with somebody who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ and then have that person believe and then open his mouth to invite Jesus to come into the heart to be Lord and Savior and to see that miracle happen, the Bible calls he's become a new creature, all things have passed away, all things have become new, all have come of God, that is a miracle. And beloved, this is a privilege given every believer to be a part of the chain reaction that causes the dead spirits of men to come back to life. Somebody shout a big amen. And it's a privilege we ought to take full advantage of. Hallelujah. There is a reward for that. There is a reward for that. Why? Because Jesus has paid his own price. He's come, hung on the cross, died, but he cannot proclaim the gospel as it were from heaven. No, no, no. That's why he gave that commission to the saints, to believers. Go ye into the world and proclaim the gospel. As we go, he says he will go with us. He won't go without us. As we go, he will go with us. He empowers us as we go. 
with the miracles, with the resource, with the anything we need to go, he will make available because this is his mission. Jesus Christ was a missionary. He left the heavens to come to the earth. Guess what? The Bible says he came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and to save the lost. That's the work of a missionary. A point in time came where he was, uh, I'm not sure whose house it was, but you know, uh, he was accused of being in the house of sinners and publicans. Uh, he, he said to them that the one who is well has no need for a physician. Is the one who is sick that has need for a physician. That I am a physician and I've come to seek the lost and I've come to save the lost. In a like manner also, that is the mandate and the mission of the new creation. To go into the world, to seek the lost, to share with the lost the love of Christ and see them come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Can somebody shout a big amen? When you're born again, you are not just paddle-beated. No, sir. You're not just repaired or made over. Not just decorated. No, sir. You are made a brand new creature. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that for that person who is born again, he has been delivered from one kingdom of darkness. Delivered. Not will be. He has been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and he's been translated. Kadobos here. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. Translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Listen, there's been a change of position. A change of nature, a change of character, but there's a change of position. That means God has put you in a place where the devil has no number on you anymore. From darkness to light. From darkness to light. You may, you may, you may ignorantly allow the enemy to make you think you're where you were before, but the moment revelation hits you, you will know of the truth. You are in a place where the enemy has no number on you anymore. The Bible declares in Luke 10, 19, He gave unto you, gave unto me power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. And said, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means where you are as a believer is what I call a hot free zone. Oh, take a tap. Delivered from one kingdom of darkness and translated to the kingdom of his dear son. Saints, you are a part of that chain reaction. Of the greatest miracle happened on the earth that somebody can move from death to life and you're part of the story. We ought to maximize the opportunity. Somebody try to big amen. And the gospel is so simple that sometimes we, we miss what it takes to share the gospel. It's not that complex. It's not that difficult. You don't need, as the person said, that place that they raise the dead. I mean, that's, that's, that's falsehood, by the way. Praise the Lord. There's somewhere around here that they do this kind of uh, razzmatazz. Eh? Razzmatazz. You know what razzmatazz? Praise God. Somebody was in my office yesterday. I think it's yesterday. He was, you know, came from some other council. And he said to me, you know, he was in a particular local assembly. Local assembly. <laughs> you know, but he's left and said, you know, he was just tired of all the razzmatazz. They will have him go in the midst of people, get, get, get numbers, get information. Uh, tell, I mean, this is this is this is life. Not the hearsay. He was talking to me in my office just yesterday, so I'm not making this up, you know. And then tell the pastor, the, the pastor, the so-called pastor, information about the church members. So when he comes and gives this spurious word of knowledge, then they say, "Whoa, wow, whoa, wow." Then when he gets the hook and they they're interested in this false prophecy, then the next thing is money. You know, you don't need all of that. 
You don't need all of that. We serve a God who is all seeing, all knowing, all hearing. Anything God wants you to know, He'll tell you. What He doesn't want you to know, He'll not tell you. So there's no point. The secret things belong unto God. And the things that reveal, when they reveal, they belong to God. Don't pretend they reveal when they're not. You don't need that. You don't need that falsehood to change anybody's life. Preach the simplicity of the gospel and God is committed to confirming the gospel when it's preached. The gospel is good news. Praise the Lord somebody. Praise the Lord somebody. So we want to look at this up. Steps to becoming a living witness. Steps to becoming a living witness. The apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse number 2 you are our epistle written in our hearts known and read of all men you are our epistle written first and foremost in our hearts the heart of the preacher right known and read of all men for as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us. Wow. Written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God not in tables of stone but in fleshly tables of the heart. What the apostle was saying here in summary is we have the epistle, the word written in our own hearts. And as we began to proclaim the epistle of Christ, you became the epistle. And you became the epistle, no longer read in a book only, but you became living. That men read you, and the men see you as a manifestation of the epistle. That means our lives become a proof of what we read and believe. That means people no longer per se need to read something per se because they can see it manifest in our lives. We can say we were once blind, now we see. That's an epistle. We can say we were once bound and held captive in one area or the other, but now by the virtue of the word we are liberated. That's an epistle. An epistle is a testimony or a testament. Just like this is a testament of the Lord of the Word. Likewise, it comes a point in your walk with God that your life becomes a testimony or a testament of His goodness. You can tell men, or you don't need to tell them, they'll simply see your life that God has been good to you. When they look around you, people are breaking down, but you're breaking through. That's a testament. When there are plagues falling left and right, as the Bible declares, a thousand shall fall by your side, ten thousand your right hand side, with your eyes you see the reward of wicked. That's a testament. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. In a in a in an economy that is torn, that they, they claim is recession, and here you are. God, God is doing all kinds of things in your life, building in recession, getting married in recession, doing all kinds of stuff in recession. Hey, that's a testament. So he said, you are our epistles, read and known of all men. Katushia. 
Somebody once said, you ought to read the Bible to the point the Bible begins to read you. Whilst we with open face beholding the world as in a mirror, we are being transformed, we are being changed. Guess how? From glory to glory to glory until we arrive at the image of Christ. Beloved, God desires for you to be his epistle. Read and known of all men. So you can say with Apostle John, we, we speak of the things we've touched. It's not fable. It's not story by the man of God. It's not something my church says revival. No, I've been revived. God took it. Once my prayer life was so cold, but I came to church by the virtue of the impartation of grace. There's fire on my altar. Hey, you're an epistle. Hello, somebody. One the lady sent me a text some days ago and said how when she was young on campus she was on fire just going out evangelism but somehow the fire began to go cold she didn't know when or how but but in recent times the fire is back again that's an episode so we must strive listen carefully to live our lives to conduct our lives in a way that we become living epistles Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Step number one to be a living epistle is to obviously have a genuine born again experience. How can you witness who you've not encountered? You must be born again. The Bible says in John 3. How do I become born again? You don't assume it. Being in the garage doesn't make you a car. Being in church doesn't make you in touch with the head of the church. You need to be converted. You need to be born again. There's an entry point to the kingdom of God. You enter the kingdom through the new birth experience. You don't assume it. Knowing the songs of the liturgy or the program of, the, of, the, of that church doesn't make you born again. So we see in Romans 10 verse 8 to 10. But what said it? The word. Wow. The word. The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Track it. The word has to be in two places. Your heart, your mouth. Somebody say my heart, my mouth. My mouth, my heart. They are connected. All right. So the word was in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Hallelujah. It is by the preaching of the word that you hear the word. When you hear the word, the word gets into your heart and gets into your mouth at the point of confession. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. There's a formula. Very simple. Let's not complicate it. It's not praying chaplet rosary or feet washing, hand washing, elbow washing. No, no, no. It's just this. Heart and mouth. Heart and mouth. It's not given to some rules and regulations. Whilst religion may preach that, it's not that. Rules can't save a soul. Church going can't change your life or can't save a soul, right? 
It's just this heart and mouth. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, that shall be saved. It's okay. He said, How to be saved. Don't complicate it. Praise the Lord. I never saw stop smoking, stop drinking. Whilst that will happen, I never said that. That doesn't recommend salvation. There are those who are seemingly more morally upright than those who are born again, but they're not born again. Did you get that? You can be religious and still not saved. That's the point I'm making. Praise God. When you're saved, you live like one who's saved. Right? Praise God. It says this. Um, and shall believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead, that shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So if you're unsure of your eternal well-being, unsure of your salvation, unsure, you, you may have just, just, just sauntered into a good church like this and have enjoyed the worship experience, the praise, the clap, but, but deep down you can't tell when or how you got saved, then you're unsure. You need to secure it today. Your heart and your mouth. Praise God somebody. So you can only give a witness or be a witness of whom you've encountered. Number two, you need to be empowered to live an exemplary lifestyle if you're going to be a witness. Number one, be born again. Number two, empowerment to live an exemplary lifestyle as a witness. Acts 1.8 You shall receive power after the, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. Look at John 15, 4. I referred to it, but let's read it. It's a Bible class. John 15, verse 4 and 5. Abide in me, the words of Jesus, red letter. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. The abiding life brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. To live an exemplary life, beloved, that draws people to you as a witness, is a life that is fruitful. A life that expresses the character of Christ. A fruitful life. A fruitful life. And that power of the Holy Ghost has been made available to us already as believers. Not just to speak in tongues, but to empower us to be fruitful. And I shared with you two dimensions of being fruitful. Number one, the fruit of the Spirit. Very important. A growing, maturing believer is not per se one who is operating with gift of the Spirit right as commendable as it is but as one who is manifesting the fruit of the spirit sign of maturity likewise one who is also bearing fruitful in terms of being a living witness to the unsaved hallelujah number three for you to be a witness you need to stay connected to the source of power because when you're filled with the holy ghost that's a power source but there is a need to stay connected to the source of power a few keys to help you stay connected to the power source 
Number one, obviously, is prayer. 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 Prayer engages you. Jude 1.20 says, Building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So one way to build yourself up spiritually, your spiritual muscle is to pray, to pray, to pray, yes, but more so pray in the Spirit. And if you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're born again, you, you, you are qualified to be baptized. It's your right and your privilege given you under heaven. It's not a gift for some select people in church only. No, it is a gift for every bona fide child of the living God. If you're a child of God, you're qualified to ask God for the baptism with faith in your heart. He will baptize you. Praise Lord somebody. Praise Lord somebody. So praying is one way to stay connected. Acts 4.31 And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak the word of God with boldness. So prayer is one way to stay connected, to recharge yourself to the power source. Number two, study of God's word. The word of God is like wood that you place on the altar of fire. It keeps it burning. Proverbs 26 Verse 20. Proverbs 26 verse 20. Where no wood is. That wood is likened to the word. Where no wood is. There the fire goeth out. So where there is no tail bearer. The strife ceases. So wood on the altar. Causes the fire to burn. Leviticus 6, 12 and 13 says that there shall be fire on the altar. It will not go out night and day. And the priest were to put wood on the altar. That's a word. As it were. So as you spend time in study in the word, likewise, there is wood for your heart to burn with fire and zeal. Bible declares in 2 Timothy 2.15, we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Not to the preacher. Not to your husband and wife, unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we're to study, we're to study, we're to study to put wood on the altar. Number three, way to keep the connection of power. So we've seen prayer, we've seen the word, is fellowship. Fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. The Bible challenges us not to forsake the gathering of one another. It's amazing that the door of a church like this is open Wednesdays, Fridays, Sundays, and only so many take advantage of the access for fellowship. There's something about appearing in Zion. Psalm 84 verse 7. All they in Zion appear before God. They have a guarantee that when they show up in Zion, they go from strength to strength. Do you remember how it is? You came from work a little bit tired, exhausted, spent from all of the day's activities, but you came into church, early prayer, praise, worship, the word, and all of that. Before you, boom, the energy just jumped at you. That's Zion. Something happens in Zion. People are energized in Zion. 
People come to Zion sick, but by the virtue of the anointing on Zion, they go back healed. Why? The anointing breaks the yoke. It lifts burdens. Praise God, somebody. So we're charged not to forsake the garden of one another as the case of some is. When the doors of, of, of the church is open, run into it. Why? There is strength in that place. Hallelujah. The enemy's strategy is to separate and then decimate. It like separates you from the pack of sheep. And then when you're alone, it can deal with you alone. But the Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. So in the place of fellowship, we are strengthened one with one, one with each other. Glory to God. Number four way to stay connected to power source. Very important. Don't just be a bench warmer. Get involved in kingdom service. There is an amazing blessing that comes upon those who serve. Who serve. Who don't wait to be served. Jesus said, I am amongst you, not as one that is to be served, but one that serves. I've come to serve. Look at the blessing of service. In Exodus 23-25, said, if you serve the Lord your God, it's if, condition, if you serve him, then he will bless your bread and your water. Then he will take from you sickness, disease, infirmity. Then he will guarantee none will cast their young. Then he'll guarantee your fruitfulness, but also said the number of your days. He is committed to fulfilling. What a blessing of service. So don't do in this year, determine to serve God far more than previous years. Find a place in the local assembly, put your hand on the plow and serve. There is a blessing of servants. There's a blessing of being an attendee, but trust me, there is a whole new level of blessing upon those who actually engage and serve. Praise the Lord, somebody. Glory to God, somebody. Number four and final step to be a witness is to develop Christ-like character. What people want to see is, is he or she like Christ? You see, being a witness is a lot easier if what you're saying agrees with what you're living. If what you're saying contradicts with your lifestyle in the office at home then your witness is questionable but when your character is such that is is being processed through time to resemble more of jesus more of him patience tolerance love lack of greed and self-centeredness lack of covetousness all of that when people see that you look like christ you are more easily believable Praise God. There's some people when they go to preach, their lifestyle also betrays them already. It makes it difficult for their witness to be acceptable. Oh God, not be the point your wife a house. Is it my conscience? Which church you go? We just heard you deck your wife. I mean, in the midnight, and you say in the early morning, let's go to church. You say, what church do you go to? So to be a living witness, we must strive for our lives to align to the life of Christ. Constant. Two things. The word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. Second Corinthians 3.18 I quoted earlier. I quote again. 
whilst we with open face, open face, beholding as in the mirror of the word of the Lord, we are being changed. That word change is metamorphosis, being transformed from glory to glory to glory, even into the very same image of Christ. The Bible challenges us to mark those who walk disorderly. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 6 it says now we command you brethren in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ listen it's in the Bible that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walks disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us there's a kingdom tradition there's a kingdom pattern of lifestyle to live but it says when you see somebody who's walking disorderly you should mark them why because their own lifestyle can be an influence on your own praise the lord somebody you, you know the easiest way or better still it is easier for somebody who is going up to be pulled down than somebody who is down to be pulled up by somebody who's up the point to be made is that even amongst brethren, whilst we're to love everybody wholeheartedly, we're not necessarily to befriend everybody. You know, there's some people who, not in this church, but in some churches, they will en encourage you to live a licentious lifestyle. Say so nothing. You know me now. You know matter. No, it's great. It doesn't matter. Nothing. Nothing. It's okay. And if that's the kind of friend you surround yourself with, then you're, you're in trouble. You're, you're going to come to a place where you become comfortable in living a life. But you want to be around friends that challenge you to holy living, to purity. Men who are husbands like you will tell you, no, you can't cheat on your wife. It's not godly. It's not, it's not, it's not Christ-like. Men who are businessmen like you who tell you no, you can't change figures. It's better to wait for the breakthrough than to falsify it now. You need those kind of friends. Businessmen, watch who you you go into partnership with. There's some guys, once there is a break, they change. Before there's a breakthrough, they can pretend to be in church and holy and doubt. But first breakthrough. The real color will show. Then they will tell you, we don't pay tight in this business. Then they tell you the things we don't do in this business. Because money has come. Living witness. May God make us living witnesses. It's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. Will you buy ahead where you are? this beautiful Wednesday night. I don't know what ways the Lord has touched you in the simplicity of this homily. You've been challenged by those who shared about that experience about being a witness. Will you make a commitment to the Lord tonight that you will be a witness? The week is not over yet. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then Sunday. That you will look out for somebody or someone and share the love of Christ. It's not that difficult. Share your testimony. Once I was lost, he fed me, he saved me. 
with your heads bowed, eyes closed, giving the privacy of the moment to some here who perhaps don't know Jesus. Perhaps you don't know him, but you know, you know, you know, the fire has dwindled. You want a reigniting of the fire. You say, man of God, pray with me. Stand on me in prayer. I really want to catch on this fire burning in this season. Just lift your right hand wherever you are. Honor Right hand to the skies. Let the Lord see you. You mean it. Let him know you mean it. Your right hand. I see that hand over there. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Right hand ever, wherever you are. Wherever you are. Let me ask you to do one more thing. Stand boldly, courageously. Place your right hand on your chest. Let's pray together. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Don't be shy. Stand if you need to. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I open the door of my heart as I invite you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me all my sins. From today, I decree and declare that Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I receive the new lease of life in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray with you, beloved. Father, we join heart and faith with this one standing before you, Lord, as we rejoice with the angels that rejoice and the deliverance and the salvation of souls here on the earth. I pray, Lord, that the blood of Jesus Christ will preserve, protect, and keep these ones even unto your coming. Lord, we thank you. If there be any yokes and burdens around their lives and their destiny, but the power that is in the blood of Jesus Christ, we declare, declare the same broken in Jesus' wondrous name, we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. You have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Good Heart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the touch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, or get more messages or books from Apostle Goodheart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That is info at rhogic.org. Also download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Apostle Goodheart on Twitter. The handle is at Pastor Goodheart. And on Instagram, the handle is at Apostle Goodheart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with your spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth.